The Recap Book Chat duo is here. Time to get our brain cells in gear. And as Betty Smith said, the world is yours for the reading. And welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are doing things a little bit different. This is our first time that we're going to be discussing a book that we have not both read. So I have not read this book. You have. So introduce us to the book that you read. So my friend, Kim Cowan, who has given us many books, you know, on our journey, uh, she loaned me um, The Road Home by Richard Paul Evans. And um, it's it's the last book in a trilogy. And the first book is The Broken Road and the second book is The Forgotten Road but she said this is the only one she read and this is the only one I needed to read. So Uh, so I love it. So you know you said we're doing something different well that was different for me. I I would never start a trilogy with book three but I did and I loved it. That's that's what I would call a rebel move. (laughs) Yeah really seriously but I wasn't going to the the reason I did that was you know I finished David Copperfield and I was waiting on you and that book was there and I said well I'll read that so I can get it back to her and her dad gave it to her to read thanks for giving me some extra time to finish David Copperfield and you've told me a few quotes in there but I really I don't know very much about it so what what is this book about and uh when was it I, I see that it was published in May 2019 so it's pretty new yes and some of his I think I looked it up that like seven of his books have been made into movies he's the author of the Christmas box and the walk okay uh, that, that's on the cover best-selling and this book reads it's kind of ironic because we are reading the hiding place which reads like a book of fiction and yes. this I was reading and it is fiction, but it reads like real life. <laughs> so it's easy to get those confused for sure. So um, the premise is because, like I said, I don't know the broken road and the forgotten road, but I know he's a broken man. Okay. That's what I know. And um, so he is, and he's very wealthy. Uh, Charles James is his name. He's like a celebrity. He's really successful. They call him on the back of the book, a pitch man. So he goes around kind of like a, is that the guy, Tony Robbins that does that or uh, Evans or some, there's a, you know, big names that go and they tell you how to do. Motivational speakers. Yeah. 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 Tony Robbins. Yeah. So he's well known everywhere, but he's a jerk. He's a jerk. And um, his wife has left him. And so he's in Chicago and uh, his what, wife is what in, time period is all this in like now present day okay yeah and anyway at by uh you know the, i heard when i was reading this i heard this one guy say um on the day of 9 11 um these business guys all were meeting like at a coffee shop and um this guy he always wore loud ties and um, this man, it was his birthday or something. He had gotten him a loud tie. And the guy said, well, you know, before I go uh, to work, I want to go put this on. So he went back, put it on. And the other two guys went on to work in the Twin Towers and they were killed. And because that guy got a tie, 
he wasn't. Wow. So it was kind of like that happened to Charles James because he is on the plane, but he left. And I don't know. I mean, usually you can't sneak anything by those flight attendants, but he's, he squeaks by and they closed it. And then the plane took off and then blew up kind of and killed everyone. So he's listed. Everyone thinks he's dead because he was on the you know, I'm a teacher. I want to say roster, but I mean, they call it something else. Yes. Anyway, he was on there, they thought, and, but he wasn't. And he had had, he looked back and it's all, it's in flames. Wow. So he takes that opportunity and he thinks he's going to walk Route 66 all the way back to his ex-wife, Monica, and maybe change her mind. Cause he still loves Monica and who lives in Santa Monica, which I thought was clever. <laughs> um, and it also helps me remember it. So, uh, he, and the whole story is about him getting all the way, walking it on foot. And the one that I read, The Road Home, starts in Amarillo, which, you know, I know Amarillo. So I think Kim's right. It's pretty cool. You start at a place that you actually know. Yeah. You know? So is and he, then, does he have money? He has tons of money. Oh, oh so, so money's not an issue, but he no. just wants to walk for the therapeutic value. That's right. Okay. He, he just thinks he's given a chance to um, maybe... Uh, I, I heard I, somebody wrote redefine happiness to him. Happiness was wealth and all that. But as you go back in there, there's a troubled childhood, you know, there usually our fears and um, problems are something that we've suppressed. Yes. And he, which and you, on that same line, I haven't read it yet, but I have a book coming. That's, that's about that, that your body keeps count. Everything that you repress your body keeps count and and it knows everything that you're repressing so but continue yeah. on continue on yes well and then so i don't know i i feel like the first two books and, and kim knows me really well she probably knows i i i don't need to read the struggle let me let's get to the top of the mountain <laughs> let's get there and that was so great it was such a good read and she really endorsed it so well so um so you're going and all the stuff, all the things he encounters along Route 66 are really there, like Cadillac Ranch and uh, all that. And then when you, when he gets to Adrian, Texas, that is the halfway mark. And I didn't know that because uh, I'm not. And each chapter starts with a little quote by Charles James Diary. And that's what it's called. And like, I'm just going to open it up random. Because there's some really good ones. I encountered a rattlesnake, or perhaps it encountered me. I wonder which of us carries more venom. Ooh, wow. I know. And then uh, this is chapter, uh, another chapter says, I don't think it odd that Hemingway may have written The Old Man and the Sea while landlocked out here in the desert. Our heads and our feet are rarely in the same room. Wow. Profound. <laughs> yeah, I know. She said, you're going to love those quotes. And yeah. And uh, this is, I can walk away from Albuquerque, but what I experienced will follow me. Ooh, I like that. So is he I collecting, mean, is he meeting people along the way? Uh, yes, he is okay. meeting people. And um, I, it, it, he is realizing what a, 
what an absolute jerk he actually was. You know, he didn't know it. I, I, I think people assume that if someone is uh, a jerk, they know it, but they don't. <laughs> Interesting. They don't. I think we do. We think Scrooge did Scrooge in um, the Christmas Carol know that he's a jerk. No, mm. he didn't. He had to be visited three times, <laughs> three times. So Charles gets these um, many, many encounters with people who are so kind. And so they go out of their way. I mean, I don't even know. Cause see, I think in the first two books, people really went out of their way to help him because um, somewhere along the way, he is in contact with his uh, uh, assistant, and so he can have money like he could, you know, because he's wearing shoes out. He can go in a footlocker and buy some new shoes if he's walking along. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So money is not an issue. But some of the another quote says, I'm ashamed to admit that I've spent more than a thousand dollars on a meal I didn't finish when there are so many who count a full belly as a rarity and a hot meal as ecstasy. Mm. And so I talked to your brother because he'd been to Albuquerque recently and he said, yeah, homelessness in Albuquerque is a real problem. Really? They're everywhere. Yeah. And that's where, so I kind of think maybe this is, you know, there's a lot of true truth in here. And like he thought, but at the bottom of Charles, there's some good because he thought this guy was killing a guy. So he walks up there and I think that was one of his quotes. So I think that would behoove us all to maybe do a little, and, and it could be, you know, Gretchen Rubin has the sentence journal, one sentence journal. That is not a bad thing just to, at the end of the day or at the beginning, but it's kind of easy to do it at the, I think it, it might be easier at the beginning. I mean, at the end, cause you've got something to say, but he wrote this today. I came across a man I thought was killing another man. He was trying to save his life. How poor our judgment is too often. We open our eyes wide to condemn others. Ooh. So the man, and he meets this guy and he's a really cool um, guy. He is trying to keep this shelter alive and trying to, he was actually doing CPR on the band and he was and, and I guess he'd been doing it a long time and he had ran out of juice basically and so Charles says do you want me to take over and he said do you know how and he said yeah so he kept going and uh, Eric is the cowboy's name and so he sees the need that they, these people and a lot of them and I and we've talked about that before like on the great alone and some of those other places the problem with war is when the war is over it's not over yes the effects of war go they last for generations generations and generations and so some of these people had been from vietnam and some you know uh, they didn't have family uh they were like sometimes you're not wounded on the outside sometimes yes. you're wounded on the inside and, and this one guy he had a good outlook but he was he had lost a leg and i mean and so eric is trying to keep the shelter open and trying to help and he and he says do you want to every sunday we cook pancakes for everybody do you want to come and help and well um charles you know he says he will and he does but it's just kind of like these little encounters like that open his open his mind because I think it was pretty focused on himself. You know, uh, I think it's Psalm 
37, 8 says, fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Well, um, Charles has fretted himself a lot. Mm -hmm. But when you go back and you, and this book wraps it up really nicely, you find out what made him like he was. So, um, so basically this journey is helping to kind of pop his bubble where he's just been so protected from everything else. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of just like, yeah. Um, he didn't want to face some things. So if you don't face things, what do you do? Hide. Yeah. You build walls, I guess. Yeah. There you go. That's what you, you just, it didn't happen. So Mm -hmm. you just kind of put it out of your mind, you know, but and then when you're forced to, you've always said that about um, hoarders. You said, really, hoarding's not the problem. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. No. That's, that's just a, a symptom. symptom. Mm-hmm. So him acting like a jerk, you know, if you, that's not the problem. What, what is causing that? Mm-hmm. And along the way, he just sees these people like uh, that. I think he's seeing how good life can be and that uh it redefines you know i think he was thinking um he was a poor kid his dad was alcoholic he thought if i'm gonna leave and i'm gonna get rich and i'm gonna be happy but that didn't happen you know he got rich Mm -hmm. but he stepped on some people going up and all that and and he he learns to listen to people he does. He learns to look and listen. And I think walking must be really great because, you know, uh, and, and the and the author was so talented. I mean, I can't I, I looked it up and I knew that it was fiction. But in the in one restaurant, he meets uh, he meets Richard Paul Evans and he gives him his card. And he says, <laughs> I would like to write this story. And I was like, oh, so this is true. This is true. <laughs> Uh, it was whoa i mean and so, and so who amazing. is who was your favorite person that he met on his journey who was the story that or the person that you liked or impacted you the most on his journey well i liked um he met this little couple so sometimes he stays in a motel to take a shower and stuff but sometimes he just goes into he has a little pack and on in his pack he has a tent so one time he was sleeping in the tent in like a RV park, but you could, I guess they have campsites too. And this man came up and I loved his t-shirt because it said, surely everyone wasn't Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> so I liked him instantly, but he offers uh, him a meal. He said he's smoking uh, a brisket and offered him to come. And that made me think of Garrett, you know, your husband, because mm-hmm. he always is smoking a brisket. Yeah. And so he does, and he, he's, um, he's, he, he said, this is the happiest married couple. And he said, he didn't even know that this even existed people that, you know, uh, are happily married and everything. So I thought, uh, and they taught him that they weren't before they, they had an empty existence and everything. And, uh, then, kind of like going against each other and he was a salesman and something just he kept praying that God would change her it was her that was the problem his wife and I can't remember her name I think it might be Judy but um he said would you change her and finally he was in the shower in uh like Wichita or somewhere and he he felt like the voice was telling him 
you can't change anybody but yourself. Mm, that's good. So you got to change you. And so he goes home. And of course, Judy, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fireproof, but that really connected with that movie Fireproof. If you just watch that movie, you think, man, that woman is, uh, you know, because he's trying to change, but she does seven years. He's been a jerk. Yes. So she's hurt, mm-hmm. you know, so Judy's the same way. He, he knows that he's hurt her. He's been terrible, but then he just comes up with this question and he asks it every morning. He says, uh, how can I make your day better? And well, she's pretty, you know, so the first time she says, well, clean the garage <laughs> or something, you know, thinking he it. won't do it. Right. And he does. And he never complains, whatever she, and he keeps asking it. And finally she says, stop asking me that. Why, why are you asking me that? And then they have their meeting, you know, they finally come together, but, and she says, well, maybe we should just do something fun today. Cause she's had him clean everything, you know, Yeah. and do, do things that he normally wouldn't do. And then uh, their whole, she realized, and they both apologize. I mean, deep felt, apology like he knew he'd done wrong and she said I've been hard to live with thank you for staying with me and all that and when he saw that I think he realized you know um it's work a relationship is work and that it doesn't just happen and you know he he wants to get to Monica and apologize and all that you know it really motivates him but then in the course of talking to his um and he, he has a cell phone and he can talk to her. He got that. And that must have been in book one or book two. But he talks to her and she's amazing. And she does tell him that Monica's going to be married. So oh. he's like, oh. and that was his whole reason for making that journey. So then, then the reader thinks, well, is he going to make the journey or is he not going to make the journey? Because that's kind of his reason for making the journey. But he, he decides he's going to because he has a son. And to see his son and, but you got to think, so he's been walking for like six weeks. He has a beard. He's real shaggy. Um, you know, so, uh, he doesn't look like, so he can go anywhere he wants and no one, no one can recognize. Okay. Yeah. Well, they think he's dead too, right? Yeah. That helps. So does his ex-wife think he's dead, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So his kids think that then. His kid, he has a son and the son's like seven eight ish something like that but uh and when he walks well that uh, seems kind of cruel to not let your family know though that you're okay yeah it does it does it is it's true but like i'm saying he's evolving yeah and um it says looking back over my life i find that i like everyone else have colored my memories some black and white some sep is that sepia sepia yeah and some in technicolor i wonder in what other ways i've altered the film mm. i know that's good yeah it was just whoa and then then he changes in there um he's he's changing because where people were helping him then he starts helping people you know uh, this is another quote. It's it's a blessing to find someone who knows all our unlovable parts and loves us anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's his assistant, Amanda. And there's a, 
uh, the guy that got him into being this um, pitch man or whatever, uh, he had a parting of the ways with him. I think he did something probably he shouldn't have. I'm, I'm just piecing that together. And she says, um, he died. He, she calls him and says he passed away. And he said, well, I want to go to the funeral. And that made me, okay, for once, he's not thinking of himself. Yes. And he's going to go in disguise. And that must have been, inter- so at that point, it talks about um, his funeral. And he actually went to his own funeral in Chicago. Okay. And, and this guy came to his funeral. And there was only like four people there at his funeral. Yeah. That's telling. Yeah. Yeah. So he decides he's going to go to this guy's funeral and he has a couple of kids and his wife and he's just going to wear a disguise and, and go. So he stops his walk and then he's going to go to Florida, go to the funeral and then come back and finish the walk. So, and, and I like that part of it too, because let's be real. You have to be flexible in life. Yeah. Okay. So no, we shouldn't be so focused on our goals that we forget to live life. Yeah. You know, I love that he stopped what he was doing. Cause part of me was like, Oh no, he's not going to finish. And I, I do, I have trouble with, okay. When I get interrupted, going back to it, instead of like you said, Mm -hmm. embracing those interruptions, expecting them, which is hard to do. Yes. Yes, it is. So uh, I just, man, I mean, he, he got in, he got to the um, place where, I mean, he could have said, well, I'm on this walk and I'm almost there. I mean, he was so close to being finished. I can't even remember the exact, he walked through the desert and when he was in the desert, he meets this, it kind of seems like it might be an angel because he offers him water. And see, you do learn little factoids because there's this real grumpy guy before he's walking across the water. I mean, the desert. He said, you need water. You need like four gallons of water, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't want to take his advice because he was kind of, but he did. And it said uh, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. So that's 32 extra pounds. But he was glad because he poured it on him some. But he meets this apparition or whatever, and he offers him water. But in that, uh, it says... The road is the destination. Mm. But he said, remember, Charles, he called him by name. Remember, Charles, the road is the destination. And I think that right there is why he went to the funeral. Because mm. he was realizing, wait a minute, it's not, the destination is not Mo- uh, Santa Monica. Yes. The destination is life. Yes. And living it. So I was trying to find the part where he helped the Uber driver. Because that was, I think I read that to you in their Uber driver uh, says. Uh, Which place? Yeah, where, where was this at? I, well, he calls an Uber driver to take him all the way from where he was to the airport so he can go to California. I mean, Florida. And uh, it was a, it was a good conversation because he, he was helping that guy. So he starts helping like he's wanting to go see his mckay is that guy's name he's wanting to see his wife and uh you know even though he can't do much but mckay came to his funeral and amanda his assistant came and the other two might have been the guys from the funeral home i mean he had he realized that he i mean and he kind of ostracized his family and had nothing to do with his family so none of his family were there wow 
yeah. So, so you find out uh, little things, you know, uh, little pieces of history like Geronimo. Uh, his name actually means one who yawns. He was originally <laughs> peaceful. Wow. Apache medicine man. But the um, Mexicans came and killed his wife, mother, three kids. So for the rest of his life, he sought revenge. Mm. And it said he was the last Indian leader to surrender. He spent 23 years in a prisoner of war camp and finally was given permission to appear in wild west shows wow wow he appeared in wild. i didn't know he was in wild west shows so i mean those little factoids are kind of interesting so he's a good author because he weaves it away i mean it it it, it was have you read anything from him before no, I haven't. Okay. I looked him up. He's written like over 40 books, but I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't read anything either. I know. And that was where it said on my flight to Florida, I sat next to a pastor who taught me something about forgiveness. In the Bible, the Hebrew word for repentance is shub, which literally means to turn around. Repentance is a change of heart, a spiritual U-turn, not punishment or penance. That's good. So, which that goes with my reading this morning. I had looked up that one where God will prosper you in Jeremiah. Well, prosper means a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Complete you. Well, our society's taking it to, oh, yeah, if you pray, you'll get money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the prosperity gospel. That is not what it means at all. But uh, in, anyway, it was it, it's quite a journey. And it said, I said, what did you learn from this book? And I said, Uh, Learn to love God and others as our number one priority. The alternative is shallow living. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just. uh, That's good. So that was your your favorite takeaway? Well, I mean, the whole thing, uh, I'm looking at that. uh, Barstow is, yeah, this is the. Yeah, I couldn't write in this book because it was her book. So therefore, I was looking. It says, today in Barstow, I ran into someone who recognized me. Fortunately, he didn't know I was dead. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to be there when he finds out. And that was funny because this guy had been in uh, England. Or something. He had been in, uh, in Great Britain, you know. So he didn't know that he was dead. So he would, and he, 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 I think he cleaned up a little bit maybe for the um, funeral. Okay. But uh, anyway, he does go and knock on the door of his son, uh, of his wife's house, and um, no, he had sunglasses on or something. The kid doesn't recognize him, and the housekeeper kind of shoes him away which i think everybody would someone that you don't really know mm-hmm. you know so it it was uh you know and she said something he asked about her getting married and well you know that yeah she finally found someone a lot better than that her jerk of a husband or something i don't know if they called him jerk but you know anyway it was uh you know it was kind of like uh but he didn't, he didn't press it. I mean, he could have said to the little boy, I'm your dad. He didn't. So I, I don't know. I think that right then, I mean, I think he changed. Maybe it was after walking through the desert or, you know, 
So the boy never knows he's his dad? Oh, do you want me to tell you the ending? Oh. <laughs> okay, so it has a good ending. That's It has okay. a great ending. Okay. Okay, so, um, and, and part of it, like I said, I, I don't really know what happened. Um, I don't really know what happened. There, there was a guy that helped him in, I don't know, another place. And he was an illegal. Uh, so he had, so they were keeping low, but he's trying to repay him. And I can't remember that guy's name. But he had like a number, but every time someone calls him, nobody answers it because they think they're going to throw him out of the country. And he's picking, um, I was like, he's one of those, uh, what do you call it, migrant workers that he's picking fruit. fruit. Well, he ends up in Poncatella, Idaho, which we have a friend that lives in Poncatella, Idaho, <laughs> which I, I was like, what? And he finds him. And what Charles wants to do is help him get citizenship and reunite his family because they're apart. And so he sets him up working for uh, the widow down in Florida, gets him a job because she has a little house back of her house and he's going to maintain the vehicles and take care of everything. And his wife's going to be her, like her maid and stuff. Wow. And so bringing the family together, I just, yeah. So it's just a transformational story, kind of a, a growth uh yeah him coming to kind of growing up really and the uber driver he talks to him and that's that's his first time that i kind of noticed he was because he didn't really help the married couple they already helped themselves but uh, the uber driver said he said well what are you doing here and he said well i followed a girl and then he said uh well what we won't do for women and he has that working out well she dumped me for uh a lawyer and the uber driver is a concrete sealer uh, and he said, uh, he, she dumped me for a better guy. And he said, what do you mean a better guy? And he said, a lawyer versus a concrete sealer, which one would you take? And he said, I'd take a concrete sealer any day. <laughs> and then I guess everybody knows that joke. Cause I told it to several, what do you call a hundred lawyers at the bottom of the ocean and uh, a good start? <laughs> I, I don't, everybody knows that, but me. Uh. And anyway, he said, man, that guy did you a big favor. And he said, how do you, what do you mean? said well because when someone picks you because of your wallet that's a shallow person you don't want to have anything to do with that person and he said there's only two reasons that she would have left you is one she thought she found someone better and the other one is that you suck and he said uh well that's blunt and he said well uh and that's still a good thing because now you can work on you Mm because nobody wants to be the weak link in a relationship and, he, and then he says, what are you, some kind of marriage counselor? And he said, no, I'm a weak link. Mm. Yeah, that was one of my favorite stories, too. So. Yeah, powerful. And you know what? It, that, that driver said it still hurts to be the weak link or whatever. And Charles says something that is, everybody should learn this. Detox always hurts. Mm. Isn't that true? That's good. Yeah. But that, you got to go through that to get healthy. And one part made me think of you because um, he said, you're looking at this all wrong. You're looking at this like you're the victim. And the guy said, the Uber guy said, um, well, I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else am I? And he said, well, it, it is not helpful. You've you got to look at it in a way that's helpful. 
things that help us not hurt us. And I always know, I always hear you saying, if you're the victim, that's not helping you. Mm -hmm. You're not changing. And so he's saying, um, you know, you got to, you can't grow when you're a victim. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So you and Charles would, you're already there. You don't have to walk the route 66. You already know. You already know. Well, that's good. (laughs) That's a long (laughs) way, but no, I I do want to read that sometime, but. I'm I'm a little behind on my book list, so it'll it'll have to go. But I didn't want to from the quotes you're telling me. I just really wanted you to share it. So thank you for sharing. Even has some humor at the you know because we're getting kind of close to the end. And someone that works for him, an employee, uh, tries to steal his fortune and makes a will and says Charles left everything to him. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're like, are you kidding? And he's, and that's what forces Charles to come out, you know, but, and, but he does interviews. And on one interview, he says, um, when asked what he'd done, what he'd, he'd have done differently, Charles said, uh, he would be the husband and father, his wife and son deserved. And I said, oh, wow. So I mean, and you can find, kind of figure out what would be a really good ending. And that's what it is. It's a good ending. It's a good ending. Uh, well, I'm that just, just sounds like such a good read. Great quotes, inspirational. I love, I love how he put all that together. So he's a, he's a uh, you know there's gifted storytellers, and he we, I mean when you, when he's having uh, you know when he gives him his business card saying he wants to write, you're you're like oh this is true. This is really true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it has some humor woven in there, but just a lot of, uh, you know, cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's a wrap on The Road Home by Richard Paul Evans. And, you know, we're all on a road and we're all going home, yep. like heaven, heavenly home. So, uh, and I think that, that you can, even if you don't read the book, the road is the destination. So, you know, that quote, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day, that that's a good quote that is is, he had a quote con dios which means with god and i you know i'm trying to learn spanish bumbling away bumbling along but i did pick that up he actually is spanish but he's not really good at it not but he 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 speaks it but con dios is all i got out of it (laughs) when you said it's vile con dios right is go with god God. yeah yeah so thank you for um chatting with me well thank you for sharing and we will see you on the next one keep those pages turning and those book lights burning ttfn